0: Hare Krishna. So as it has already been described, it has already been announced that this time the topic for the seminar is teachings of Lord Chaitanya. Actually for last few years, every year I select a specific topic for the seminar and throughout the year at different places I give a seminar on that topic and those uh, seminars actually begin here in Ujjain. Other years we used to hold the seminars in December, during the Christmas New Year holiday, 25th to 31st December, but this year we are having it at this time. The idea was, since so many devotees will come from different parts of the world here, for this occasion then most probably it will not be possible for most of them to come again in December. Therefore, this year we decided that at this time, on this occasion of Srila Prabhupada Memorial Festival, we will have this particular seminar. Actually, I have been gradually building up these seminars. Previously, generally, I used to give seminars based on philosophical topics. And while giving classes, I noticed one very interesting phenomena: that when I spoke philosophy, everyone fell asleep. But when I told stories, then everyone woke up. Everyone woke up. That's why I thought that to keep everyone awake, I would rather tell stories. So, the first topic was Ramayana. For one year, we just gave seminars on Ramayana. Then next year I gave seminar on Mahabharata. Then I gave seminar on uh, Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. And last year I gave the seminar on Krishna's pastimes out of Vrindavan. Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes are often discussed, but I noticed that Krishna's pastimes out of Vrindavan, apart from Bhagavad Gita, hardly we discuss about those pastimes, especially which actually meant Krishna's pastimes in Mathura. And Dwarka. So last year we gave the seminar on Krishna's pastimes out of Vrindavan. So now that we have covered Ramayana, Mahabharata, Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan, Krishna's pastimes out of Vrindavan, so what should be the natural topic? Oh, in between actually I did some seminars on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's past times, yes. We gave seminars on Mahaprabhu's pastimes also, but not everywhere. In some areas like for example in Calcutta and Mayapur, specifically I gave Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. and, but then I thought that Mahaprabhu's teachings are the very basic foundation, very foundation of our movement. And not only that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually summarized the entire Vedic wisdom. And he gave the essence of all the Vedas. That is the unique presentation of Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu is giving, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving us uh, is the essence of the Vedas. Mm. Nana, Shastra, Vichare, Naika, Saddharma sat dharma uh, The actual Dharma the ultimate purpose, ultimate responsibility, ultimate duty, ultimate goal of life has been given by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In that respect Srila Prabhupada once told me, it was of course in context of I my question when I asked Srila Prabhupada, why Shankaracharya is seen as one of our Acharyas. Because in one hand we see, we reject Shankaracharya's teachings. mayavad Chaitanya Mahaprabhu totally rejected that teachings of Shankaracharya. mayavad philosophy. And uh, Mahaprabhu even, see, it has been also mentioned if one listens to the commentary of the Mayavadis, then it, everything is destroyed. Everything is doomed. But Shankaracharya is our Acharya, how is that? So then Prabhupada told me that in order to understand Shankaracharya's teaching, we have to understand. Why Lord Buddha came? Why mm-hmm. Krishna came as Lord Buddha? And uh, why Krishna came as Lord Buddha? Because uh, in in the age of Kali, in the name of the Vedas, unnecessary animal slaughtering was going on, on the pretext of Yagya. Nindasi Jagga Shruti Jatam. The Jagyas that have been prescribed in the Vedas, in the name of the Vedas, in the name of those sacrifices, uh, unnecessary animals were being slaughtered. The scene that unnecessary animal slaughter. Seeing that so many animals are being slaughtered, Krishna's tender heart, Krishna's merciful heart, became afflicted. Mm -hmm. Sadaya, Ridaya, Darsita, Poshughatam Seeing this animal slaughter, Krishna's merciful heart became afflicted. Therefore, in order to stop this animal sacrifice, Kesha Buddha Sharira Krishna came as Lord Buddha. And appearing as Lord Buddha, what Buddha he did? He rejected the Vedas. He presented a new process of Dharma. So, and that new, uh, Buddha said that the goal of life uh, is to follow these principles of goodness. Speaking the truth, being honest, uh, not afflicting pain to others, not to kill animals, ahimsa. uh, And he established that And as a result of that, the Vedas were given up. But unless and until one accepts the Vedas, one cannot understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, there was a need to re-establish the Vedas. So Buddha came and fulfilled the purpose. Animal sacrifice now stopped but now the Vedas have been rejected and as a result of that there is no way to understand the Supreme Personality of God here. Veda means the process of understanding the Supreme Lord. vedya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In all the Vedas, I alone am to be known. Krishna is saying that in Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. Therefore, since they rejected the Vedas, there is no way of understanding the Supreme Lord. Vedh na bodha hoilo nastik. Because the Buddhists did not accept the Vedas, therefore they are atheists. So now there is a need to re-establish the Vedas. So Krishna instructed Lord Shiva to go and re-establish the Vedas. Lord Shiva is saying that to Parvati, Mayavadam ashachastram prachanna bodham Uchyate mayoibabhihitam devi kalo brahmanamurtina. Telling Parvati Devi. In the age of Kali Kalu, Brahmana Murtina, appearing as a Brahmana, I will establish a doctrine, temporary doctrine, Ashachastram, temporary doctrine, known as Mayavad. Why? In order to re-establish the Vedas. The purpose, Buddhists have have rejected the Vedas, they have nothing to do with the Vedas. Now the Vedas have to re-establish and mind you at that time practically all of India became Buddhist. All of India became Buddhist. So much so that Lord Jagannath's temple became a Buddhist temple. They started to claim that Jagannath, Baladev, and Subhadra are Buddhist deities. And uh, anyway, so the whole of India at that time became Buddhist. So it was a, in order to convince them to re establish the Vedas uh, in their domain. Uh, Shankaracharya had to present it in a certain way, like instead of presenting the pure teachings of the Vedas, Shankaracharya took the Buddhist doctrine to re-establish the Vedas, because Buddha said the goal of life is to attain nirvana and nirvana means to become nothing. Therefore, Buddhism is called uh, Voidism, Shunna uh, Buddhism is actually uh, Shunna Vada. Shunna, ultimately, we all will become nothing. That's the goal of life. Shankaracharya took that, uh, that this is the goal of their life. Shankaracharya pointed out, look, this concept of Nirvana is not a Buddhist concept. It's coming from the Vedas and the Vedic understanding of Nirvana is not to become nothing but to merge into the absolute. So in this way, Shankaracharya defeated Buddhism and re-established the Vedas and in order to do that he had to take a middle path and that is the path of Impersonalism. Shunnavad to become nothing, to become one with the Absolute who is devoid of any form, any quality, any attribute, and so forth. So, in this way, uh, Shankaracharya re established the Vedas. Shankaracharya's theory. Is originally it is called Vivartavada, theory of illusion. And it is also known as Mayavad. Because illusion means Maya. Anyway, since we come to that, let me b- briefly discuss about that, explain that. What is this Mayabhad or Vivartavad? Actually Vedas have established Purinambad, that means the theory of transformation. Brahma is transformed into Jagat, material world. It is the spiritual energy of the Lord, Brahman had become transformed into this material nature, the gradually that has been uh, described, uh, that Mahatattva, then uh, with the modes of material nature, three three gunas, uh, the transformations gradually took place. Uh, Transformation, Uh, Pradhan, Mahatattva, then uh, the five elements five senses and so forth and then uh, with the influence of the modes uh, in uh, gradually the material nature became manifest in, from subtle to gross. So that is the understanding of the Vedas which is called Polinambad or the theory of transformation. But Shankaracharya came and developed a new theory called Bibarto not transformation. Baj Bhanto Bolite Ho Uthailo Bibad Tar Dosh Nahite Ho Adya Karidash. Shankaracharya literally said Bajdev is mistaken. Purinambad is not the real thing. The real thing is Vivartavad. That is theory of illusion. What is the theory of illusion? That it appears to be in a certain way, but actually it is not. Like example, Miraj appears to be like water, but it's not water. Similarly another example is mother of pearl. Appears to be like silver but it's not silver. A rope appears to be like a snake in darkness, semi-darkness, but it is not a snake. So this is the theory of illusion. Illusion appears to be in a certain way but it is actually not that. Similarly this material nature is illusory. It appears to be, but it is not. So that is uh, the theory of illusion, which is called Bivartabad or Kevalad absolute non-dualism and Mayabad. So in this way, Shankaracharya re established the Vedas. Nirvana is a statement of the Vedas, and in this way he re established the Vedas. But then came the Vaishnava Acharyas Ramanuja Madhvacharya, Nimbarkacharya, Vishnu Swami. And these four Vaishnava Acharyas then established personalism over Shankaracharya's. Impersonalism. And in this respect, Prabhupada gave a very nice analogy. That on the field of atheism, Shankaracharya dug the foundation. Now when you dig the foundation, the foundation goes in the opposite direction. The building will go this way, but the foundation goes that way. Therefore, it seems that Shankaracharya's presentation is contradictory to the Vedic statements. No, it is because the foundation. On that foundation, Ramanujacharya, Madhvacharya, Nimbarkacharya and Swami built the temple and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, establish the deity of Radha Krishna in the temple. This is based on Ruchaitana Mahaprabhu's teaching, is based on these four Acharya's teachings. And Shankaracharya's Acharya's apparent contradiction is the is functioning as a foundation. So this is, uh, in, in short, uh, we have to understand that this is what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to distribute uh, this essence of the Vedas. And then on these teachings, through these teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the identity of Krishna has become revealed. And the most important aspect of this revelation is the identity of Srimati Radharani. Srimati Radharani's identity is the secret because unless and until we understand Srimati Radharani's identity and Krishna's relationship with Srimati Radharani, we will not be able to recognize Krishna's actual identity, or you can look at it the other way round. In order to un- understand Krishna's actual identity, we have to understand Krishna's relationship with Shrimati Radha. Rami. Who is Shrimati Radha? Rami? What is Vrindavan? What is the specialty of Krishna's relationship with the gopis? Jodi Gaura Nahuito, as Vashugos sang, Jodi Gaura Nahuito, Tabeki Hoito Kamune Dhoritam Dehe, Radharo Mohima, Premo Roshu Shima, Jogote Janatoke. If Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't come, who would have revealed the identity of Srimati Radharani to this world? And if I did not understand uh, the identity of Shrimati Radharani and specialty of Krishna's relationship with Shrimati Radharani, how would I have maintained my life? So this is the greatness of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings. At the very beginning I mentioned this aspect to for you all to understand the supremacy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings. No, not, never ever this understanding has been revealed before. Krishna's identity has been uh, presented in various ways, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu practically uh, made us realize who Sri Chaitanya, who Sri Krishna actually is. Krishna's Vraja Leela is there in Srimad Bhagavatam. But nobody understood that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan with the gopis is the highest spiritual activity. Rather people used to think, oh Radharani's, Krishna's relationship with the gopis is immoral. Many people did not even want to touch that, like that was they felt, but the thing is Mahaprabhu came and he made us understand that that is the highest spiritual relationship. Yes, in a material platform that kind of relationship is uh, abominable. A relate to have a relationship with somebody else's wife, a relationship with uh, unmarried girls, like that is immoral and abominable. But that isn't a material platform. Whereas the spiritual platform is diametrically opposed to this material platform. Like if material nature is a, part, is a reflection of the spiritual sky, then in the reflection what happens? What, what is the topmost? Where does, the, where does it appear in the reflection? The topmost region appears to be the lowermost in the reflection. So the difference between material and spiritual is when we put ourselves in the center, that is material. When we put Krishna in the center, that is spiritual. Yes, when an ordinary person has an affair, has an affair with somebody else's wife or with unmarried girls, then it is degraded, it is abominable, it is immoral. But when that relationship is there with Krishna, then that is the highest. So that is what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave us and due Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy we get to know who Shrimati Radharani is and the greatness of Krishna's relationship with Shrimati Radharani and the cowherd damsels of the Dharma. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu presented his teachings through his intimate associates. Out of them foremost is Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, then uh, Ramananda Roy, Different aspects of uh, Mahaprabhu's teachings have been presented through these personalities and those teachings have been compiled in Chaitanya Charita Amrita and Srila uh, Prabhupada presented them in his book The teachings of Lord Chaitanya The teachings of Lord Chaitanya what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to distribute is the highest, and that, from whichever perspective we look at it, Mahaprabhu's teaching shines forth as the topmost. So, <clears throat> Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself did not write anything apart from Shikshamrita. Shri Only 8 verses. But those 8 verses are giving the perfect understanding of Krishna Consciousness. The foundation of Krishna Consciousness is the holy name of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Rama. One thing I'll tell you, now I notice that whenever we chant Hare Krishna, it has become kind of a mechanical thing. Everybody raises hands and repeats it. It's good you are chanting, but make it a point that it is from here, not from here. Mm-hmm. It's not just a lip service, tongue service. Mm-hmm. It should be from the heart. Ridai hoite mm-hmm. balei jubhar Bhaktivinod Thakur is describing what this Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is. It rises from the heart, depth of the heart. And it comes to the tip of the tongue. So make it a point that whenever you chant the holy name, it is happening here. That is what we have to cultivate. Krishna consciousness is not a mechanical thing. Krishna consciousness is a matter of consciousness. Our consciousness has to be transformed from material consciousness to Krishna consciousness. Anyway, it was on the back of my mind, so I just (laughs) told you all. So, whatever you do it should be done with a proper feeling. Because it's a matter. Consciousness means feeling. Consciousness. Being conscious of it. So, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Did not himself present it in writing. His teachings were just spoken. He spoke to Rupa Goswami when he met him in Prayag. Prayag is the land that is at the confluence of three rivers Ganga. Yamuna and Saraswati. It is present day Allahabad. But originally, it was known as, that place was known as Prayag. Due to the Muslim influence, that land became known as Allahabad. Allah means God. Good. Good name. The land of God. Allah, the land of Allah. And from Allahabad it became Allahabad. But uh, the original Vedic name of that place was Prayag. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met Srila Rupa Goswami. Rather, Rupa Goswami met Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Rupa Goswami, huh, let's also get at the background of it shortly. Rupa Goswami was the minister of the Nawab or the king of Bengal at that time. King Hushansa, Muslim Nawab and he was his huh, minister. He was his finance minister. And although they were Brahmanas, very exalted uh, Karnataka Brahmanas, their family actually came from Karnataka uh, and settled in Bengal. So they were exalted uh, Brahmanas, but because they were associating, they have accepted the service, the job of a Muslim Nawab, the Brahmin society at that time rejected them, ostracized them, Mm -hmm. threw them out of the Brahmin community. They are not Brahmin, they are Muslims. So they actually wrote to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is our situation please deliver us from this condition. You are the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You have come, you have descended, so please deliver us. And it is because of Rupa Goswami, because of these two brothers, Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to that part of Bengal which was known as Gauradesh at that time, Gaur. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, while he was traveling towards Vrindavan from Jagannath Puri, he came to gauradesh And the capital of that land was Maldaha, today's Malda. And Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami were in the government service. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, and thousands of people were following him. And so, when the Nawab asked the chief of police, who was a Hindu, <clears throat> that I heard that somebody has come, well, lots of people are following him. So, fearing that the Muslim king may harm this person, uh, when he, if he found out that so many people are following him, so the chief of police, uh, Kotwal, uh, told him, no, not many, just a few people are following him. So, Hushen Shah told him that, look, <laughs> you don't have to tell a lie to me. I know that thousands of people are following him. So, who is that? So, this is how uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared there. And Hushen Shah, who was otherwise a very ferocious and a very violent kind of a person, uh, was he accepted Mahaprabhus. Situation. And <clears throat> Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami did not dare to go to meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu during the daytime. They went to meet Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at night. That also in disguise, because he didn't want that uh, Nava will get to know that they are associating, they are going with to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, meeting him. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, at that time, instructed them uh, to go to Vrindavan.
1: No, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu
0: at that time didn't instruct. But they just met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Well, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told them uh, the ultimate goal of life is to surrender to Krishna. And Krishna, the most merciful Lord, will take uh, mercy upon you. And <clears throat> But after meeting Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami de- became totally uh, detached. They lost interest for all their materialistic activities. We can well imagine, like such an exalted position, the minister, the two principal ministers of the king, chief minister and finance minister. But they lost all their interest. Rupa Goswami was the first one to leave. He uh, resigned from his government service and uh, he took all his wealth in a boat and went to their original home on the bank of the Ganges. And Rupa Goswami can well imagine how much money he invested. Those days there was no paper currency that you can practically put one few crores of rupees in a a bag, in a suitcase. And those days the currency was gold coin and he was carrying those gold coins in a boat. The boat full of gold coins. And then he divided half of that and distributed it among the Brahmanas and Vaishnavas for promoting Krishna consciousness. And from the then he divided the other half uh, into two, and gave one portion to his family members, and he kept uh, the other quarter for some emergency. And you could see that how that money came into uh, benefit into. utility. Because Sanatana Goswami, later on we will discuss, Sanatana Goswami was arrested by the king when he wanted to resign. The king didn't want to let him go. And when Sanatana Goswami was completely adamant in resigning, then the king arrested him and put him in prison. Sanatana Goswami uh, took a part of that money to Bribe the jail keeper and escape. So Rupa Goswami left home and he was travelling towards Vrindavan. And when he came to Prayag, he was travelling with his other brother, Anupam. Anupam was the father of. Srila Jiva Goswami, another very, very exalted uh, follower of Sri Chaitanya, associate of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So when Srila Rupa Goswami got to know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in Ilhabad and he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was going to the Bindu Madhuk temple and he was dancing in ecstasy chanting the holy name and many many people were just following him so Rupa Goswami and Anupam offered obeisances from a distance and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw recognized him and he embraced them. And then huh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to teach Rupa Goswami, but other places where he went was very very crowded. So he went to a remote place, Shamed Ghat on the bank of the Ganges and there he for ten days he instructed Srila Rupa Goswami. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Rupa Goswami that Rupa, Krishna has been very merciful that he have delivered you. So from that statement we can understand that when one takes to Krishna consciousness. When one accepts the process of devotional service it has to be seen that it was Krishna's mercy. Krishna is uh, enabling him to become delivered. There is Vishwai, materialistic way of life. One side is the materialistic way of life. And the other side is devotional service, Krishna Bhakti. Materialistic life ties us down to this material nature. And Krishna Consciousness delivers us from our material bondage. Material bondage, material attachments, our cause of suffering. The more we become involved in the material nature, the more becomes our suffering. So Krishna Consciousness is the process to deliver us, free us from this material bondage. So that is the thing that we must understand. Devotional service delivers one from material bondage. We can't maintain both the things together. It won't work. Like an example in that respect is, two examples in that respect we can give. If you have your two feet in two different boats, can you progress? have you ever tried to put two boats two feet in two boats uh, that's one example another example is uh, another example is uh, the wedding party Borjatri, in bengali uh, when in india that is the custom the wedding takes place in the girl's house uh, and the bridegroom goes there surrounded along with his along with his associates the bridegroom's party so they go there and uh, they are received very nicely and then the wedding takes place the, so one such bridegroom's party was to go to a wedding uh, and with the wedding of the bridegroom, they set out at night. In Bengal they travel by boat, many rivers are there. So they took their uh, dinner and went to the boat to, the idea was throughout the night they would uh, sail through the river and come to the bride's house the next morning. So they, at night, they got into the boat, they fell asleep. Uh, but when they woke up in the morning, they found that the boat didn't move at all. <laughs> Wherever they were, Where they boarded, they got into the boat, the boat is still at that place. So they got really upset with the boatman and started to chastise him. uh, That you, you've been sleeping instead of rowing the boat. The boatman said, no, 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 the whole night I was rowing the boat. Then they found out that the boatman forgot to pull the anchor. So, when the anchor is there, and if you keep on rowing, will you progress? So, what is the anchor here? The anchor here is the material attachment. The anchor here is material attachment. So, if you maintain your material attachment and keep on rowing the boat of Krishna Consciousness, you won't progress. Now the question arises here, well then we all, many of us are householders, what about us? Maharaj, you are a sannasi, (laughs) you are on a safe boat that has lifted the anchor, but what about us? (laughs) We have our anchor. Yes, the thing is that, yes, we don't have to change your situation, even in household life you can, progress in Krishna consciousness. And the secret is that you have to see everything in the light of Krishna consciousness. There is two possibilities in developing relationships. One is through this body, in this material nature, how do we develop our relationships? Through the body body's father, body's mother, deep relationship, body's brother, body's sister, body's husband, body's wife, body's children, body's friends, body's nation. So that is what is happening in this material nature, dehatma buddhi, body. But instead of developing our relationship through the body, we have to develop our relationship through Krishna. Yes, father. But should I see him as my body's father or should I see him as Krishna's part and parcel? Krishna's devotee. Mother, Krishna's devotee. Brothers, Krishna's devotee. Sisters, Krishna's devotee. Children, Krishna's children. So this is how we have to develop our Krishna Consciousness even in household situations. So this is one thing I'm requesting, you see, my business is to enlighten you. My business is not to entertain you. My business is to enlighten you as your teacher. And that's why I have to speak, say things in this way, like, and for your benefit you consider, you consider yourself. What is happening? Is it happening through the body or is it happening through Krishna? Those who are parents, make it a point to make your children into devotees of Krishna. Offer them to Krishna. Groom them up, train them up in such a way that when they grow up, they will become devotees of Krishna. They will automatically surrender themselves to Krishna. And it's so nice to see when we see that our children born in devotee families are becoming devotees, committing themselves to Krishna consciousness. But at the same time when we see that that is not happening then we find it to be painful. The father and mother have become devotees but they don't want to do anything about the children oh no no we can't we have to give them the freedom okay when they grow up you have to give them the freedom but when they are young mold them according to Krishna Consciousness. and i admire when i see some of you are doing it so nicely bringing up your children to become devoted in such a nice way Train them when they are young, give them a very wonderful dose of Krishna Consciousness so that when they grow up, uh, they will commit themselves, when they will decide for themselves. At the same time, I also tell them, the parents, of when the children, when the children grow up, tell them that don't force them now to become devotees. No, don't force them to take to Krishna consciousness. Leave it up to them. Advise them, but leave it up to them to decide for themselves. So that is how we have to perform, we have to execute our responsibility towards those who are around us. Jare dakho tarikaho krishna upadesh Whoever you see, just instruct him about Krishna. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his first meeting with Rupa Goswami, he just told him, Krishna has been very merciful to you. He has delivered you from the deep dark well of materialistic life. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out that there are so many living entities in this material nature. So many. Innumerable. We cannot possibly count. It is not that only the human beings have, only human beings are living entities. Or only the human beings have spirit souls or are spirit souls. Or the animals are spirit souls, birds are spirit souls. No, wherever there is life, there is spirit soul. Trees and plants are also living entities. So there are innumerable living entities. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out that they fall in two categories moving and non-moving. Moving Moving and non-moving. Some living entities move, like human beings, animals, birds, reptiles. They all are moving, jangam, moving. And some living entities are stubborn, non-moving trees and plants and so forth, they are also living entities. So, first these categories of moving and non-moving. And among the moving living entities, there are animals, there are birds, there are reptiles, there are worms, there are insects and so forth. But out of them, very few are living, very few are human beings. Very few are human beings. As you know, there are 8,400,000 species of life. Out of them, 8,000,000 are different types. Uh, Trees and plants, aquatics, birds. uh, and so forth. And they are also categorized in three categories. Uh, Those who uh, fly in the sky, those who stay on the land and those who dwell in water. And out of them uh, only 400,000 are human beings. Now when one gets the human form of life, he gets a very special prerogative that is not available otherwise. What is that prerogative? The human beings are endowed with a very, very advanced intelligence, very developed intelligence. That no other living entities have. No other living entities have that prerogative. Developed intelligence and not only developed intelligence but the ability to expand his intelligence. Human beings can expand his intelligence. And the best way for Developing that, expanding their intelligence is by becoming involved in spiritual life. Why? Because the consciousness, intelligence, and other uh, mental faculties are coming from the soul. So actually, it is a matter of uh, soul's enlightenment soul's emancipation, soul's freedom from bondage of matter or covering of ignorance. The living entities in the material nature are uh, the spirit souls. (coughs) Spirit souls are satchidananda. Spirit souls are not only immortal or eternal spirit souls are conscious, conscious, but in this material nature that consciousness becomes covered. Covered by what? Covered by ignorance. So when one uh, gets a human form then that covering is considerably removed. That means the human being has the ability to function in its uh, advanced consciousness or uh, advanced spiritual awakening. And when if the lower we go, more and more covered their consciousness is. <coughs> Like we see the animals, uh, their consciousness is covered, but uh, even more covered are some other entities, uh, like say birds and reptiles. And then finally we come to the trees and plants, their consciousness is practically covered, fully covered, covered consciousness. So, this also has been uh, very beautifully explained. The consciousness, if you look at it, we make an approach from that angle, that some living entities, consciousness is covered. They fall in the category of covered consciousness, like trees and plants. Does it look like trees have consciousness? Apparently no. Only when you very carefully notice that your, the trees are also conscious. Then uh, when you come to the insects, uh, reptiles, birds, animals, it's it's obvious, we can see that they are conscious. But their consciousness is in a shrunken state. Uh, so that is the second stage of consciousness. First stage, the lowest is the covered consciousness. Then shrunken consciousness. From insects and worms up to the trees and plants, they fall in the category of this shrunken consciousness then comes the human beings their consciousness has been considered to be bud state of consciousness bad. a bud apparently is in a shrunken state but the bud has the ability to bloom so human beings fall in the bud state of consciousness Their consciousness is apparently shrunken but they have the ability to bloom. Then uh, from the shrunken consciousness their consciousness begins to expand. Now for a flower, uh, since it has been compared to a bud, for a bud of a flower to bloom, It needs two factors. Exposure to the sun and support or shelter of the water. Especially lotus baths. When the lotus is exposed to the sun in water, the lotus begins to bloom. So human beings Although their consciousness is in a shrunk state, but has the ability to bloom, provided that human being is exposed to the sun who is Krishna. Under the shelter of a bona fide spiritual master, who is compared to water. When a human being becomes exposed to Krishna under the shelter, under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master his consciousness begins to bloom. That's the fourth stage of consciousness and then finally fully bloomed state of consciousness. That's the when one becomes perfectly uh, aware of Krishna, fully Krishna conscious, then that is the state of fully bloomed state of consciousness, pure consciousness, pure Krishna consciousness. So, so while speaking to Sanatana, to Rupa Goswami, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu na, pointed out that Out of, although the number of human beings are very few, but the human beings have the ability to decide for himself what he wants to do. And out of them, very few aspire for spiritual advancement. Very few aspire for, there are many other people. Manushanam Shabhasreshu. Uh, thousands upon thousands of Manushas, human beings. But out of them, rarely one aspires for spiritual advancement. And those who aspire for spiritual advancement, uh, rarely one achieves perfection. Koshchit Jatati. Siddhaye rarely one achieves Siddhi or perfection and jatatam api siddhanam kashkin maam bedtita Krishna is telling Bhagavad Gita out of those who have achieved perfection rarely one gets to know me as I am maam bedtita So, Rupa Goswami, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu informed Sri Srila Rupa Goswami. And uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at the beginning also mentioned to Rupa Goswami Rupa, Rupa, this (coughs) science of devotional service is vast as an ocean. The science of devotional service is just like a great ocean, and it is not possible to show you all its length and breadth. I am simply giving you just one drop of it. I shall try to explain the nature of that ocean by taking just one drop out of it. So, what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed Rupa Goswami. Uh, According to his own statement, whatever he instructed him to a qualified candidate like Rupa Goswami for 10 days is only a drop of that great ocean of devotional service. So that uh, from that drop we can get a taste of that uh, nectar and understand what that ocean of devotional service actually is. So, <clears throat> among these living entities in the material nature, most of them are fruitive, karmi. Mean. Fruitive means uh, they act and they want to. Enjoy the fruit of their actions. That's why Prabhupada translated that in a very apt way: fruitive workers, fruitive. They are gardening, they are producing the fruits, but the objective is to eat the fruit or enjoy the fruit themselves. But they want to enjoy. Uh, Vedas are saying, Vedas are not saying, don't try to enjoy. Uh, Vedas are not saying, oh, leave home and go away. Uh, This material nature is a place of suffering. Although Vedas are giving that understanding, but Vedas are also saying, okay, if you want to enjoy, try to enjoy. Uh, But this is the way to enjoy. So they give the different ways and means to enjoy, how to enjoy. But after trying to enjoy in so many ways, ultimately what one realizes, if one is intelligent, he realizes that there is no enjoyment. I'm trying to enjoy, but I'm suffering. How many of you realize that? <laughs> that, that Endeavour for enjoyment in this material nature is leading to suffering. Let me see the hands again. Okay, that looks better. So anyway, that's a good, good point. Then when one realizes that this material nature is a place of suffering, then what would one naturally want to do? One want to try to get out of that suffering condition. If you are suffering, do you want to remain in that situation? Say, if there is, if the house is burning, do you want to remain in that house that is burning? Uh, How many of you would like to stay uh, in the house that is burning? If you are so attached to the house, then I wish you all the best. So, so this, uh, One wants to get out of this suffering condition and that platform is called Jnana, Jnana Kanda. But then one realizes the actual way to become free from that suffering condition is by becoming a devotee of Krishna. Okay, Uh, this point can be explained in this way. How many of you know how to swim? Okay, how many of you do not know how to swim? Okay, now you consider that you have fallen in a river. What will you do? What will happen at that time? Like even if you know how to swim, if you have fallen in an ocean, can you cross the ocean swimming? No, this ocean, ocean is so vast that there is no way we can actually cross that ocean by dint of our own endeavor, no matter how great a swimmer we may be. But then if there is a boat, you are drowning and if you find a boat, and you get onto the boat, will it be difficult to go across the ocean? Huh? Okay, so now you consider when you are trying to get out of this material nature, if you try to do that by dint of your own effort, will you succeed? Huh? But if there is a boat and you get onto the boat, Do you have to worry anymore? So that boat is Krishna Consciousness. And the price that we pay to get into the boat is by just surrendering ourselves unto Krishna. Therefore Krishna gave that instruction. Just surrender unto me. So if we just surrender unto Krishna then immediately we find find ourselves in that boat and then we don't have to worry about it anymore. Krishna will take care. So in this way the actual liberation is from uh, becoming surrendered to Krishna Becoming a devotee of Krishna And mind you To become Krishna Consciousness To become Krishna Conscious means To develop your attachment to Krishna And that attachment will develop due to your love for Krishna And due to that love for Krishna you will experience a joy that all this so called enjoyment in the material nature will appear to be totally disgusting. So, that is what happens in pure Krishna consciousness. Surrender to Krishna, through that surrender, you will experience the joy being in love with Krishna, and that joy is what is going to detach you from your material attachments and lead you back to the spiritual side. Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. <clears throat> if you have some questions you can ask. Do we have... a uh, oh, okay. We have written questions. Yeah, that's better to have to give the questions in writing. <clears throat> this question is coming from Boshu Shrishtha Das. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. In Bhagavad Gita Chapter 2 Krishna says that That flowery language of the Vedas is misleading and that one must get above three modes which are the subject of the Vedas. Ah. Okay, yes yeah, so Vedas, Karmakanda section of the Vedas are the flowery words, ah. like you can become a king, you perform this sacrifice you can have a lot of money you act in this way you can get a very beautiful wife you worship such and such uh, demigods and so forth so these are the flowery words that words that statement of the Vedas that are leading to enjoyments in the material nature but Krishna is saying that we must uh, not be bewildered or allured by those flowery words. That's one stage of the Vedas. Uh, instructions to certain kind of individuals, those who are in a less advanced stage. But uh, this is like you get books for primary school children. Uh-huh. But then, when you do, you always remain in that primary stage, or you uh, transcend that stage and gradually come to the university. So, that is what is uh, pointing out that the Vedas, the purpose of Vedas, is to not be- get bewildered by this flowery word. These are meant for the children, these are meant for the people, those who are not advanced. And then, huh? the real purpose of the Vedas is to know Krishna, get to know Krishna, understand Krishna and develop one's relationship with Krishna. <coughs> Next question is Bibhu Chaitanya Das. Having two legs in difficult boats. Is it good to read the Shruti falls of the Bhagavatam stories to get enthusiasm to read the full canto of Prabhupada's Bhagavatam? Yeah, Shruti falls are there. They're there. Again, they are the flowery words. That purpose, we have to recognize, the purpose of the scriptures is not to in, get some benefit here enjoy here. The purpose of these scriptures is to become free from the material bondage and go into the spiritual sky. So next is Nanda Vraja Das. If one has started his Krishna consciousness life late and had no, no scope to train his offsprings in Krishna consciousness how he does uh, influence his grown-up ones into Krishna consciousness. Try to advise as much as possible and pray to Krishna that he uh, bestows his mercy upon them. That's true, like you know, when children are grown up, it's difficult. But, you know, you can wait, like at least remind them about Krishna and remind them that when you are in difficulty, at least you remember Krishna. That may bring them to the platform of Krishna Consciousness. So next question is in Hindi. Parameshari Radhika Devidasi. Gurudev, Jaisay Apne Kaha ki Bachche ko Sangskar De Sakte hai Parantu Firbhi Unke Galat Raste Par Janeka Dar Hota hai. Yis situation me Okay, the question is, um, you have said that uh, uh, that the children should be educated and situated in Krishna consciousness but, uh, uh, but at the same time we, fe- we become afraid, we fear that they may go off onto a wrong path. In such a situation, what should one do? Very good question. I think every parent of grown-up children feel that way. Okay, that's enough questions, no more questions today. So, you see, everyone comes with his own own destiny, but we try to change that course of destiny and bring them to Krishna Consciousness because that is the ultimate destination. On our part we try and the situation in this world is very dangerous as you were saying about the children. It's true like they are at home maybe for 12 hours and out of those 12 hours, 8 hours to 10 hours goes to sleep. So they are actually having the association of the parents only for about 2 hours. But the outside influence is there for the remaining 12 hours and the outside influence is very, very uh, difficult, very dangerous. So on on your part as parents, you try to guide them nicely, make them understand what is the difficulty in that situation, like to recognize the dangerous situation of this world we don't have to go very far. Every morning we can just open the newspaper and we can see what's the situation of this world. So at least we can remind them look, that is the consequence. So be very careful. So we can remind them about the dangerous situation and we can advise them not to fall victims of the dangerous situation. Rama Mohan Das, what step should be taken to chant always from heart? Ah. What step should be taken to always chant from the heart? Ah. Okay, Ah. a good step that you can take is become aware that Krishna is in your heart and Krishna is listening when you are chanting. And when Krishna listens, Krishna becomes very happy. When Krishna sees that you are chanting the holy name being situated in your heart, he hears and he feels very happy. So this is the how try to chant from the heart kishori devi dasi <clears throat> aapne kaha hai ki uh wo uh, okay, uh, umar mein kachi umar mein kishori okay कचयुमन में तो बच्चों को भक्ति देना और बड़े को जबरदस्ती नहीं करना भक्ति के लिए अगर हम बड़े बच्चों को जबरदस्ती नहीं करेंगे तो वो भक्ति नहीं कर पाएगी तो हम क्या हमें क्या करना चाहिए बड़े का मतलब ये सवाल होता है कितने बड़े <laughs> so okay, the question is that when the children are young, then we can uh, give them uh, uh, devotion and instruct them about devotion. But you say that when they grow up, then don't force them. Then uh, uh, but the, her question is, That if we, when they grow up and if we don't force them, then they won't practice Krishna consciousness. So, what to do? The point is that give them Krishna consciousness, make them understand, not force to do that, force them to do things that they'll become bored or they'll say oh why they're harassing me like that and then they, they will think uh, well uh, what will be a re- now that i have grown up what a relief they can't force me anymore don't get into that kind of situation like rather make them feel how joyful krishna consciousness is mm-hmm. so remind them that is how you guide them but when they become, they become very जाते when they जब they करता they शादी they कर not हैं to ज़्यादा anything. If they अगर उस समय अगर that मानेंगे they will जाएंगे <laughs> तो So don't spoil the relationship. Okay? And do everything with love. Hmm. Oh, hmm. Now the next one is from Chitta Hare Krishna Das, Hari Krishna Guru Maharaj, Dandavat Pranam. Thank you very much. My question is, you told that Krishna Consciousness means to develop our attachment for Krishna, but I find that material attachments are so deep-rooted that they again and again trouble me, even while being in the association of devotees. So how one can get rid of such material attachments? Yes, nice, very nice question, Chita Hari. Yeah, our situation in the material nature is very dangerous because this is what we are seeing. This is where we are, we are seeing, we are hearing, we are touching, we are tasting. So this is so real, it's very difficult to overcome the influence. That's why we have to, we have to learn to focus our mind in always Remembering Krishna, see, like, yes, eyes are seeing something beautiful and immediately the eye mind wants, I want it. And that is the natural tendency. Uh, seeing, hearing, touching, tasting mm, draws our senses. But if we remember Krishna, say for example if we uh, read Krishna book and then we see how wonderful Krishna, Krishna's pastimes are, how wonderful the spiritual world is. And that's where Krishna is reminding, man mana bhava, with your mind you always think of me. So that is the secret of becoming free from material bondage. If that is not there, if Krishna consciousness is not there, it will not be possible to overcome these allurements of material nature. And that's why param drishta nivartante. by getting the higher taste, we can become free from the lower taste. And on top of everything, Krishna Baradayamoy, Koribare Jeeva Jai, Sa Prashad, The taste of Krishna Prashad is so delicious, that after getting the taste, you don't feel like eating anything else. So, at least that is real. With our eyes, we may not see Krishna. With our hands, we may not be able to touch Krishna. But without tongue we can taste Krishna Prasad. Huh? So that is how huh, we can conquer our other senses. <clears throat> this is from Narahari Das, uh, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. I had experience of... Uh, fainting recently. Is it fainting? Uh, recently, and although I could hear, I could not chant with my lips. I had great difficulty chanting with my mind. At the time of death, it may be even uh, more difficult. How one can go beyond the mind and senses and automatically attain Krishna at that time. Okay, I will say that at least you have some experience now. When you just fainted, you could not remember Krishna chant Krishna. Right? So how difficult it will be. But the good thing is that at least you are saying that you could hear. So hearing is... Even if you can't chant, but if you can hear, uh, that is also non different from Krishna. Uh, so that is why we make it a point to chant the holy name when someone is dying. But because he may not be able to chant, but he can hear. And <clears throat> and it will be, it will happen due to the attachment to the Holy Name. More attached we are like as we said, like Prabhupada did that. He chanted. And I was telling Hari Narayan Prabhu, also while leaving his body he could chant. He was chanting. And so these are some So we have to see, we have to understand that these devotees have developed their faith so much that even at that time they could remember. Vinita Ramchandani, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Maharaj, you had mentioned in the afternoon that life is a preparation and death is exam, which is very simple just to remember krishna but then why very rarely someone achieve perfection which you mentioned now so that perfection is different type of perfection Ah. that perfection is before devotional service that perfection is not Perfection of devotional service, that perfection that is rare, is achieving that perfection uh, of becoming situated or becoming aware of one's spiritual identity. But coming to Krishna consciousness is the ultimate perfection. So now that you have come to Krishna consciousness, you have achieved that perfection. So you are very fortunate. You can consider so many people are there, how many are becoming Krishna conscious? If you consider the good fortune that you have, how many people have that good fortune? This got good fortune of, beca- of being situated in devotional service is beyond the platform of liberation so you can well imagine how and how exalted that perfection is and that perfection is easy to achieve okay let us consider (coughs) Have you ever fought uh, with uh, a heavyweight uh, boxing uh, champion? Can you imagine? Uh, Like if you're, or you can say, uh, boxing. I'm not talking about you, you don't have to do that. (laughs) So, say somebody came to beat you up. He is very strong. Now, if you fight with him, what will happen? Won't it be very difficult to fight with a person who is much stronger than you? But if you just say surrender, I, I don't want to fight, you are my friend, I surrender unto you, then will there be any struggle? Now, it is so difficult to overpower or defeat even a heavyweight boxing champion. So what to speak of Krishna, uh, who is uh, the omnipotent, all-powerful. How can you fight against him? It's impossible to fight against him. So if you realize that he's so powerful, why should I fight? Hare Krishna, I surrender. Is it difficult? So that is how Krishna Consciousness is. I give up, I surrender, I am your servant, I am depending upon your mercy. And Krishna says, okay, come, I will take care of you. What a wonderful life it is. And that is what devotional service is. Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Go, Premanande, Hariya.